world, and we're about to read God's Word together. So before we do that, let's spend a little bit of time in prayer. Lord, thank you for leaving us your Word. And Lord, thank you for leaving us your Spirit. As we open up your Word together today, Lord Jesus, forgive the one who speaks for his sins or many, and may your Holy Spirit teach us. Lord, we pray that you would win the lost among us and that you would build believers and equip workers. Lord, we pray for revival. We need revival. Our nation needs a spiritual awakening. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us today and, and may that go out into our community this week in a great spiritual awakening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, a man went to uh, interview for a job, and the boss asked him, what is your worst quality? And the man thought about that for a moment. He says, well, I can be too honest. And uh, the employer said, well, actually, I think honesty is a good quality. I don't think honesty is a bad quality. And the man replied, well, I don't care what you think. <laughs> Maybe a bit too honest, huh? Oh, we're going to talk today about your favorite subject, work. Yes, today we're going to talk about work. And, and today's message is called Gospel-Centered Workplace, the Gospel-Centered Workplace. What would our workplace look like if the gospel filled our workplace? If you're new, welcome. We're walking through the book of Colossians together. It's been so good. It's all about Jesus, Colossians. And if you'd like to know Jesus better, come back week by week. We're getting to know Jesus. And we believe if you know him, you'll love him and want to follow him too. And what we've learned so far is that a disciple is a follower of Jesus. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. And when Jesus moves into us, his intention is to change everything in our lives. <laughs> we see when he moves in, he wants to change our worship. He wants to change our marriage. He wants to change our family. And he wants to change our workplace, radically change our workplace. When Jesus moves in, he says, follow me. And he becomes our model for life and ministry. So we can actually look at Jesus and learn how our workplace can be changed through Jesus. So uh, the point of today's message is that Jesus enables us to enjoy the ministry of work, to work and at work. And listen, this is really good. This is worth writing this down, okay? That Jesus enables us to enjoy the ministry of work, to work, and at work. Um, I don't like the term full-time Christian ministry. You know why I don't like that? Because that means some of us are full-time and the rest of us are part-time following Jesus. Listen, when Jesus said, follow me, he, he was speaking to all of us. None of us are part-time ministers. None of us are part-time followers of Jesus. Matter of fact, in the workplace, Jesus says, follow me because I have a threefold ministry for you. Jesus has a threefold ministry for us to, to enjoy in the workplace, and most of us only think of one of them. Let me show you where we're going today. The threefold ministry, the first ministry is the ministry of work. Work is ministry. Every day, our work matters because our work is ministry. We're going to see that today. And then the second part is there's the ministry to work, that Jesus sends each of us into the workplace to renew the workplace, to undo all the ways that sin has broken the word workplace. 
And, and then the third purpose, the third purpose is to witness at work. That's what most, most Christians think the only value to their work is if they have an opportunity at work to share the gospel. And I want you to say, no, no, that's not true. We have a threefold ministry. There's the ministry of work and to work and at work. So let's jump in. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Colossians 3. Because if I'm going to have you leaving here today enjoying work, we've got a long way to go, right? So in Colossians 3, verse 22, slaves, in all, th in all things obey those who are your masters in, in, on earth. Wait, wait a minute, man. slavery? Yes, let me take a little side street here or else I'll lose you right here. Uh, it's important for you to understand that America did not invent slavery, that slavery has been a part of human history from the beginning and still is prevalent all around the world today. Um, it was very prevalent in Bible times. Do you know who the first slave was in the Bible? Someone had said it. It's Joseph. And isn't it interesting that the first slave in the Bible was kidnapped by his brothers? And then he was sold and carried away to a distant land. Sound familiar? That's what makes slavery in America such a horrific part of our history is because the slaves were kidnapped. And do you know in the Bible, kidnapping is a capital offense in the Old Testament? So they were kidnapped and then they were sent to another place. That's what happened to Joseph. Slavery has always been a part of human history. During the time of the Roman Empire, it was prevalent around the world. It was prevalent in the Roman Empire. It, it was believed there were more slaves in the Roman Empire than citizens. It was estimated there were over 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. Well, why didn't Paul condemn it? Why didn't Paul condemn it? Now, I want you to know what Paul did do and what the apostles did. They did exactly what Jesus told them to do. You know what they did? They went out and they made disciples. They went out and they shared the gospel, and they won people to faith in Christ. And then they began to teach them to observe all that Christ commanded you. They planted churches. They planted churches throughout the Roman Empire. And you know what happened in those churches? There were masters who had been won to faith in Christ, and there were slaves who had been won to Christ in the same church. And then, you know what happened? Some of the slaves became elders, and some of the and some of the masters were members, and you know what they said? This is dumb. And that's how slavery was eliminated through, from the Roman Empire was through the preaching of the gospel and planting churches. Christians, Christians, we put way too much confidence in the civil government, and we put way too little confidence in the church and in the gospel and in Jesus Christ. If we would do what we're called to do, almost every social ill in our culture would be solved as we preach the gospel, as we see people one to faith in Christ, as we teach people to observe all that Christ has commanded you. So let's expect less from the civil government, okay? And more from Jesus and more from the God. Let's be the church at a time like this. So as we read through this passage, I'm going to substitute the word employee for slave, even though some of you employees feel that way. 
and I'm going to substitute employer for master, okay? So slaves, employees, in all things, obey those who are your master, your employer on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It's the Lord Christ whom you serve. I deal with so many people who agonize. They agonize on what should I do? What should I do? And you know what's interesting? The Bible says, listen, what you do is not so important. How you do it's really important. Whatever you do, whatever you want to do, whatever you choose to do, do it for Jesus. Do it as ministry. <laughs> it's the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequence of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. Masters, employers, grant to your slaves, to your employees, justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. So let's go back to our point, okay? And let's start with the first part of it. Jesus enables us. <laughs> if we're going to enjoy the ministry in the workplace, it's going to be because Jesus enables us. Because I want you to understand something about work. Only one person has ever gotten work right. Only one person in human history ever got work right, and, and, and it wasn't you, and it wasn't me, it's Jesus. Uh, well, let me show you that. In, in Romans 3, in Romans 3, uh, would you read verse 23 with me? Will you read it with me? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let's read it one more time. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Um, if you go all around our town, there's signs on every business saying what? Help wanted. You see, some of us have gotten work wrong and that we're lazy and we don't want to work. We don't want to work. Some of us get wrong, work wrong that way. Maybe we're kids, we live at home, our parents give us chores and we don't want to do it. So some of us get work wrong and we don't want to work, but others of us, we get work wrong in that we work too much and we neglect Jesus and we neglect our family because we work, work, work. You know, probably nobody in here, but, but some of us, we sometimes do personal work at work, right? Aren't we stealing from our boss? Or maybe we steal things, or maybe we're dishonest. Maybe, maybe we're an employer, and, and, and we don't pay our, our employees, you know, what they deserve. Listen, one thing that's true of us, we've all messed up the workplace. The Bible says, for all have sinned and falls short of the glory of God. We've sinned in the workplace, We've sinned in our families. We've sinned in all of life. We've sinned against God, a God who's just. And the Bible says what we deserve for what we've done is hell itself to be separated from God and from all good things. That's the bad news. None of us have gotten work right. The good news is that Jesus did. The good news is that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus didn't come to help good boys and girls get better. He came to seek and save sinners. That God the Son put on flesh and came to earth, lived a perfect life, getting work right. And then he went to the cross. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, that Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, took our sins upon Himself and died in our place. Once and for all, 
paying in full the penalty for our sins, and then he rose on the third day, proving he had conquered sin and death. And do you know what he offers us? He offers us eternal life. He offers to forgive us all of our sins. What would you pay someone to forgive you of everything you've done wrong? What would you pay? What if I told you it was paid for and it was free? Listen, Jesus invites us with eternal life to do life in eternity. With what would you pay? What would you pay to live forever? What if I told you it was free? It was already paid for. Listen, Jesus says, I want to move into you, and I want to help you get work right. I want to help some of you work more, and some of you work less. I want to move into you and lift you to the standard. See, the Christian life isn't us doing our best. It's Jesus moving in and lifting us. Do you need help in the workplace? <laughs> oh, and, and what, do, what do we do to get this gift of eternal life? How, how do we receive this gift? Jesus made it so simple in, in John 6, verse 47. Whenever Jesus says, truly, truly, it means this is really important. So will you read this with me? Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. This is so incredible. Do you know, we're, we're surrounded by people that think you have to be good to go to heaven, and I want you to hear what Jesus says. He, so, so let's read it one more time, okay, so we don't miss it. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. So who does Jesus say has eternal life? He who believes. So that means if you're a Christian... When you go to bed tonight, you are forgiven of all your sins. Won't you thank him? You know what it means? From the day you received him, every day of your life, you get to do life with Jesus. And listen, for all of eternity, you're going to be with him forever. Aren't you thankful? And you know what it means? It means Jesus has moved into you to help you get work right. Aren't you thankful? And oh, man, if you've never believed, won't you? I mean, don't you want to be forgiven? Don't you need help in the workplace? Don't you want to live forever? Jesus says if we just believe. Well, what does that mean? It's, it's as simple as ABC where we admit and believe and commit. And if you've never done that, won't you do that now? One day it'll be too late. You can do it right now or as we close in prayer, I'll give you a chance. But it starts when we admit, Jesus, I've got, I haven't done work right. I've been lazy. I've worked too no, much. I've neglected my family. I've sinned against you. Won't you admit? And, and then believe, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then come in. We trust Jesus. Jesus, come in and be my Savior. And forgive me and give me eternal life. Won't you? I, I want you to be the Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, won't you admit, believe, and commit? And if you have... Jesus moves in and he says, listen, follow me, follow me. And he becomes our model, our model for life and ministry. He's our model for work. <laughs> and Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Holy Spirit to give us the desire and power to follow Jesus. And he says, look at the way Jesus worked. Isn't that the way you want to work? Follow him, follow him, follow him. So Jesus says, follow me and I'll, I'll show you the ministry of work. The ministry of work, you, you want to hear something really cool? The one we worship today is the one we work for tomorrow. If you're a Christian, there's no dichotomy in the Christian life. The one we're worshiping today, we follow into the workplace tomorrow. Let me show you that. Uh, we're going to see it five times as I read back through these verses. Five times we're going to hear it. Uh, Slaves, employees, and all things, obey those who are your employers, your masters on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Listen, your, 
Your ministry uh, matters to Jesus. You go to work for Jesus because our work is ministry. Whatever you do, a plumber, a, a homemaker, a, a, a dentist, a pilot, whatever you do, do you work heartily. Do it with all your heart as for the Lord because our work matters to Jesus. Our work is ministry as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord, third time, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Do you get up on Monday? Do you get up on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Today, today I get to go and carry out my ministry in the workplace. The fifth, fifth time is in verse 1. Um, Masters, grant to your, your slaves, your employees, justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Now, to understand that our work is ministry, we need to develop a biblical view of work because the Bible has a very different view of work than our culture, okay? So to have a biblical view of work starts with this. The first thing I want you to understand is that work is good. Work is not a four-letter word. Work is good. And you know how I know that work is good? Because God works. And God is good. And because God works, work is good. Matter of fact, the first time the word work occurs in the Bible, guess who's working? It's God. And in Genesis 2, look at this verse. Genesis 2, 2. By the seventh day, God completed his work. Do you ever think of God working? Listen, work is good. God works. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So God set up a pattern. God worked six days, and then he rested one day which kind of says what? That we should work, what, six times as much as we rest, right? Because he set us a pattern, and work is good. And we are made in God's image. We are made in God's image, and since God works, we work. Matter of fact, in the same chapter, just a few verses later, after he creates the man, notice this, the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden to play. He put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and keep it. God made us in his image, and God's a worker, and he made us to work. Wow. And so when we work, our work is ministry because we're carrying out what God told us to do to cultivate the earth and to keep it. I can hear someone say, well, well smile, it works so good. Why is it so hard? All right. That's the second point we need to understand. If we're going to enjoy work in the workplace, we need to understand first that work is good. God created us to work. But secondly, the fall, the fall made work hard. Listen, work is not the result of the fall. We were created to work. The fall makes work hard. Our first parents sinned against God, and that wrecked everything. It wrecked all of creation. It wrecked the marriage relationship. That's why marriage is hard. And it worked, it wrecked childbirth. That's why childbirth is painful. And it wrecked the world workplace. Let me show you. Genesis 3, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of it. In toil you will eat it all the days of your life. Man. The world is wrecked, and it is hard to earn a living. Both thorns and thistles that shall grow for you, 
and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread. It's going to be hard to earn a living because the world is broken. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat bread till you return to the ground because from it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you shall return. Listen, the reason I'm a Christian is the Bible is true. Are there times at work? Are there times at work that we really understand that work is good and it is so fulfilling because the Bible's true, right? And are there other times where it's just so frustrating, right? Because things are so broken, right? So, listen, to understand how our work is ministry, first, work is good. Secondly, the fall made work hard. And the third, the third is that Jesus brings purpose into the workplace. Jesus brings purpose. Every day we head into the workplace, Jesus fills our work with purpose. Let me show you a great verse. In John chapter 5, verse 17, but he answered them, My Father is working until now, and I myself am working. Do you know that our Heavenly Father is working? <laughs> Do you know that Jesus is working? And, and he invites us to join him in his work. My Father is working until now, and I myself am working. Oh, when Jesus moved into my life, he really began to change everything in my life. And one area that he really began to change was, when, was my attitude toward work. Before I knew Jesus, I had a definition for work, and my definition for work was work is moving when I didn't want to move. That work was moving when I didn't want to move because I would wake up in the morning and I could go surfing all day long until my arms fell off, and it wasn't work. But if I came home and my dad said, you need to cut the grass, <sighs> what was the difference? I didn't want to cut the grass, right? But you know what? When Jesus moved in, he changed my attitude toward work. Here's what Jesus taught me, and this will blow your mind. He says, work is serving others so well that everyone wins. What is work? Work is serving other people so well everyone wins. If you're an employee, work means that you serve your employer that you serve the customer so well, they feel like they win. It means if you're an employee, you, work, you serve others so well, Jesus wins, that people say, Christians, they're the best workers. They're the best servants. It means you win. You get the joy of carrying out your ministry, of pleasing Jesus in the workplace. It means that you serve others so well, they actually pay you to do it. Wow. And if you're an employer, if you're an employer, you know what that means? It means that you serve others so well, everyone wins. That you serve your employees so well, they gladly work for you. And, and that you serve your customers so well, they gladly pay you for your product. That Listen, they win and Jesus wins because Christians are the best employers and you win. You get the joy of serving Jesus all day long and... And listen, you serve so well, they pay you to do it. Oh. I was riding my bike recently through the fields in Hastings. Well, not actually through the fields. But, you know, there's a bike path. It's a cool bike path. It goes from Vermont Heights, and it goes out to Platka. And I'm, I'm uh, riding through these fields, and you know what? I see them growing food. And I thought, these farmers might not know it, but all over the world, people are praying 
Give us this day our daily bread. And these farmers are the answers to their prayers. We are too, aren't we, in what we do? And then I begin to think about all the people who drive the food to the grocery store in a truck, and they're the answers to people's prayer for daily bread. And then, don't, don't you like grocery stores? They're air-conditioned and all. And they're making it so easy for us to eat. They're the answers to our prayers. Huh. <laughs> I'm riding my bike, and there's this chicken. I like chicken. But I gladly pay the person who grows the chicken so I don't have to. And I really gladly pay the person who breaks its neck and pulls its feathers out and cuts it all up and puts it in a plastic bag for me. Because you know what? If I had to kill it, I'd be a vegetarian. I really would. And so I gladly pay all those people who serve me so well that they serve me chicken in a, in a plastic thing that I can just cook and eat it myself. That's what work is. That's what work is. We serve others so well. They pay us for it. That, that we serve others so well that everyone wins. They win and Jesus wins and we win. That's the ministry of work. And what Jesus says is, follow me, there's even more. It gets even better than that. There's the ministry to work. There's the ministry to work. The fall wrecked everything. And Jesus is renewing us. He's making us new people. And then he sends us into the workplace to renew the workplace and to undo all that sin is broken. Wow. We get to renew the workplace. Colossians 3. Uh, this talking about uh, work, is, is, it's in a lineup, and it goes back to verse 16. Talk about renewing the workplace. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within y'all. Because it's plural. A letter was written to a church, and do you know what was happening in Colossus? Something the world had never seen. In one gathering, there were masters and slaves in the same room. The world had never seen such a thing. And the word of God spoke to both of them. And you know what they said? This is dumb. And through the preaching of the gospel, slavery was eliminated from the Roman Empire. And do you know, we live in a day of intersectionality, don't we? Of intersectionality. And intersectionality would say that the employer has the power. They're the oppressor, right? And that the workers, th those of you who are employees, you're the oppressed, right? And our culture wants to divide us. <laughs> but not in the church. We're on the same team, aren't we? We're on the same team. We're Christians. We're followers of Christ. And as employees and employers together with Christ, we get to go into the workplace and renew the workplace. How amazing is that? Listen to what he, Jesus says to the employees. Employees, in all things, obey those who are your bosses. He doesn't say you're oppressed. He says serve. Maybe you got a lousy boss, but do it for Jesus. 
Obey those who are your employers on earth, not with external service as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do heartily. Do it with all your heart is for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Imagine, it's Monday. You get to work early. You're on a mission from Jesus to go in and undo all that sin has broken in your workplace. So you come early and you're excited and you treat the customer with respect and you do your best whether the boss is watching or not. How amazing would that be? And you're the employer. Verse 1, employers, grant to your employees justice and fairness. Listen, pay them an honest day's way for an honest day. Be just and fair with your employees and... (laughs) And with your customers. Do you realize how much our work matters to Jesus from Monday to Friday? Do you? Sometime read through the book of Proverbs. Uh, let, me, let me show you just a couple of verses about how important it is that we renew the workplace. Look at Proverbs 11.1. 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. What does that mean? Business is based on trust. I go to the gas station. costs like $5 for a gallon, Right? You know what? I want to make sure what? That that thing's calculated right? There's actually a dollar? Do you know that when they're calculated right, God delights in that? God delights in when you have a, 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 you know, a just weight, a just balance, right? How about this for another one in Proverbs 16? A just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of his bag are his concern. Man, if you're an employer, God loves when, when employers are honest, when they're just and fair with their employees, when they're just and fair with their customers, God delights in that. Oh, listen, Monday's coming and Jesus says, follow me. And man, there's the ministry of work, right? That's really cool. It gets better. There's the ministry to work. And and then there's the ministry at work. There's the ministry at work. Um, Listen, Jesus sends us out in the workplace to represent him and, 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 and... Maybe be able to share the gospel with people. Jesus said, as you go through life, make disciples, and 40% of our life is spent in the workplace. Let me show you the ministry at work. Now, this is really cool. Paul had just talked about employers taking good care of their employees. Now, notice the very next verse. We're going to spend the next couple of weeks here, but he goes right to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. You're headed to work. You're on a mission. Pray. Pray on the way to work. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Be thankful you have a job. Be thankful for the ministry of work and to work and at work. Praying at the same time for us as well that God will open up a door for the word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ for which I have also been in prison that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Pray that you and the other members of our church as they head to work that God would open doors for the gospel. Is that how we pray on the way to work? Conduct yourselves with wisdom toward outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. You've been deployed, deployed into your workplace. The way you work really matters. It opens doors for the gospel. Uh, Let let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. Every time you're talking to a customer, Lord, open up an opportunity. Open up an opportunity, right? Uh, But do you know what I hear? Smiley, I'm the only Christian in my workplace. And they're expecting me to say, oh. You know what I say to them? 
Can you imagine a fisherman telling me what you just told me? They say, what? I say, can you imagine a fisherman telling me, there's this pond, and it's full of fish. There's fish everywhere. And I'm the only one fishing the pond. Can you imagine a fisherman saying that? No. Because the fisherman's saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. There's fish everywhere. And even a lousy fisherman like me can catch a fish in a pond like this. If you're the only Christian in your workplace, that's because Jesus so believes in you that he sent you there. Because every person in your workplace, they're eternal. And you're on a mission to be there and share Christ with them and point them to Jesus. And I know some of you say, well, how can I do that? Well, you ever wonder why I share the gospel every week? Now, I know some of you think, well, the reason you share the gospel every week is you're old and senile. <laughs> and that's true. That is true. But that's not it. I want to share with you three reasons. The first reason I share the gospel every week is there's always someone who needs to hear. There's always someone new, and it might be the only time they ever come to church. And they need the chance to hear the bad news and good news and be given an opportunity to respond. And if that's you today, we're so glad you're here. That means a lot to me because I went to Young Life week after week after week and I wanted to respond, but no one gave me an opportunity. And I don't want to be that person who doesn't give people an opportunity to respond. That's why I always share the gospel, okay? Number two, I share the gospel every week because we need to hear it. All of us need to hear the gospel. And here's why. If we don't hear the gospel regularly, some of us are going to fall off the cliff of despair. And we're going to say, I'm such a bad Christian. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And you need to hear that Jesus did it all so we can have it all. But worse than that is others of us, if we didn't hear the gospel regularly, we would fall off the cliff of pride and self-righteousness. And we would become insufferable. Because we would look at all these people around us and say, well, why aren't they good like us? And we need to be reminded continually, listen, none of us is good. No one's gotten work right. Only Jesus did. We all need Jesus. But the third reason I share the gospel every week is um, I want to equip you to share the gospel. I know there are times you leave here and you say, you know, man, I have heard Smiley share the gospel a thousand times. I could do that in my sleep. And you know what? You can. You really, really can. I have grooved you because I believe that many of you are the only Christians in your workplace, and I'm not there, and you are, and I want to equip you so you can go and share with them the life-giving message of the gospel, and to help you in that, to help you in that, listen, we have produced for you the Do You Know booklet that you can just go read it. It's exactly what you hear every week. You can do it, and we can help you. There are so many of our members this week this year, who have gone and shared with people where they live, work, and play. They've just read to them what they hear every week, and they've seen their friends come to faith in Christ, and we believe you can do it, and we can help. So there it is. There it is that Jesus enables us, you see, to enjoy the ministry of work. Our work matters. It's serving others so well that everyone wins. There's the ministry to work. We're sent to renew the workplace, not to complain, but to renew it. We're sent for the ministry at work, always praying for an opportunity to point others to Jesus. So 
that's what we've learned. And, and now we're going to talk about the action step for this week. What I want you to do is to enjoy following Jesus in the workplace. I want you to enjoy Monday through Friday as much as you enjoy Sunday because the one we worship on Sunday, we work for on Monday. Now, how do we enjoy Jesus in the workplace? Here's what I would encourage you to do. Take the point of today's message that Jesus enables us to enjoy the work uh, of work, to enjoy the ministry of work, to work, and at work. And I just want you to say it every day. I want you to say it every day. And then I want you to pray it. I want you to pray it three times a day. Well, why is that? Well, because Daniel prayed three times a day. You think it's hard for you to enjoy following Jesus in the workplace? What do you think it was like for Daniel? Daniel was a believer in Babylon, and he served in Nebuchadnezzar's government, and it was hard. I don't believe he prayed three times a day because he was so spiritual. I think he prayed three times a day because it was so hard to enjoy Jesus in the workplace when he worked for Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. So let's begin our day. Let's begin our day and say, you know, Jesus enables us to enjoy the ministry of work and to work and at work, and then let's pray it. Jesus, thank you that I get to go to work for you today. Thank you that my work matters to you. Thank you that I get to go to the workplace today and serve others so well that everyone wins. And Jesus, thank you that I, you're sending me into the workplace to renew the workplace. Help me to renew the workplace. And Jesus, thank you for sending me into the workplace for the ministry at work. Lord, open up an opportunity for me to have a gospel conversation with someone. Start your day. About noon, about noon, you'll be kind of winding down. Pray it again. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the day, why not look back over your day and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that I was able to enjoy you in the workplace today. Thank you that my work matters. Thank you that I was able to serve others so well that everyone would. Thank you that I was able to be a part of renewing the workplace. Thank you for opening up opportunities for me to talk with others about Jesus. Will you do that? Enjoy following Jesus in the workplace. Let's, let's pray the point three times a day. Here's something else. Let me ask you, who do you know? Who do you know who's really struggling with work? Who do you know who would love to hear what we learned today? One way to enjoy Jesus in the workplace is to go and share with someone else. Won't you go and share with them? Hey, could I share with you what we learned in church on Sunday? We learn that Jesus enables us to enjoy the ministry of work and to work and at work, and they're going to say, what's that? You can explain it to them, can't you? Explain to them the ministry of work, to work and at work. Oh. Listen, if, if you're enjoying Jesus in the workplace this week, you need to be ready. Are you ready? I mean, if you get to work early and you're enjoying yourself and you work hard whether the boss is there or not, someone's going to ask you, what happened to you? What happened to you? You used to not enjoy work like this. What happened to you? And that's the opportunity you've been praying for, right? Well, know what we learned in church on Sunday? What we learn in church on Sunday is when Jesus moves in, he wants to change everything. And you know what? He's changing my attitude toward work, that I'm learning how to enjoy my work. Listen, we're going to spend 40% of our lives at work. Wouldn't you like to enjoy it? With Jesus, with Jesus, you really, really can. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for coming to earth to carry out your work.
to do it all, to do it well. Thank you for dying on the cross in our place and rising, and thank you for offering us eternal life. And, and listen, if you'd like to be forgiven, if you'd like to live forever, if you need help in the workplace, Jesus is here. Won't you say, Jesus, I've sinned against you and I'm sorry. And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me of all my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Uh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark it on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, thank you for moving in. Thank you for inviting us to follow you in the workplace. Thank you that our work matters, that we have a threefold ministry. Lord, this week, help all of us to enjoy following you in the workplace. Help us to carry out the ministry of work, serving others so well that everyone wins. Lord, help us to carry out the ministry to work. Help us to be a part of renewing the workplace where we work this week. Lord, help us to carry out the ministry at work as people see our joy and work. Lord, open up opportunities for us to point others to you, Lord Jesus. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.